Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, it's Manveen here. Today's episode follows a bizarre conspiracy theory on the social media platform TikTok. My colleague, one of the Stories of Our Times producers, Will Rowe, has been investigating. Guys, something insane happened to me today. I'm on a text chain with my teenage nieces and nephews, along with my mom, their grandma. And today, my mom asked them if they knew who Helen Keller was. And their response was that Helen Keller was a fraud who didn't exist. Daniel Kunker's a screenwriter. He's based in Los Angeles. At first, I thought they were trolling Grandma, which is admittedly fun, but after a while, it was clear they weren't joking. He's reading a Twitter thread he wrote on January the 5th this year, after being left gobsmacked by an exchange with his family. I still thought I was getting trolled, so I asked if I was getting trolled, and they were adamant. Helen Keller was a fraud. Daniel's nieces and nephews are questioning the achievements of the author and disability rights campaigner, Helen Keller. So where has this rather odd conspiracy theory come from, and who or what is behind it? So then I did some Googling to find out some relevant information to prove her existence and found this. The generation that doesn't believe Helen Keller existed. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Will Rowe. Today, a TikTok conspiracy theory. Helen Keller is a fraud? Now, this is one of those stories that sounds totally absurd. Some people on the internet believe a thing that simply isn't true. It gets picked up, shared on Twitter, goes wild, and a load of news outlets write it up. At first, I was sceptical. Yet another story about social media and its plethora of problems... The truth is, my editor and I chatted about whether we should bother with this story. But because it was so bizarre, we felt it was worth digging into a bit more. The journey I went on raised questions about how history can be challenged without anyone knowing as generations now pass each other by in an online space without even a glance, let alone a second one. It took me across the pond to the United States, north of the border to Canada and back closer to home with stop-offs in Wales and Scotland. But the story begins in California. 
I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for getting back to me. I appreciate that. No problem. <laughs> it's been a uh, interesting week, to say the least. So, uh, with all of this. Daniel Kunker's a screenwriter talking to me from Los Angeles about a strange moment earlier this month. In my family, I am on a, on a text chain with all of my nieces and nephews. One normal afternoon, while working on a new project at home, his old iPhone 6 vibrates. A message in the family group chat catches his eye. I'm on this text chain because my mother, who is the nieces and nephews' grandmother, likes to keep all of the nieces and nephews in touch with each other. So she sends a daily message. She will ask just sort of a question, like, who can name an invention by Thomas Jefferson? Who knows who was in the Beatles? And just like little things that the kids can then reply to, and then that sometimes leads to, you know, some interaction. And especially now, we're not seeing each other and not traveling. So the text chain, my mother sent out this text and sort of said, who is Helen Keller? And one of my nieces replied, well, Helen Keller uh, is a fraud. Normally, during the course of my workday, I'll chime in once in a while, but I was like, wait a second, this is weird. I can't just let this go. So I was like, what are you talking about? And it started a, uh, a conversation that was weird first. I, I, you know, I had never, I had never heard such a thing said about Helen Keller. And it's like, I'm 40. Everyone learns about Helen Keller in school. And I've seen the miracle worker and I know who she is and I know what she did. And at first I thought maybe they're trolling me and grandma. Cause that's something that maybe kids can do. And like, they'll pretend like they don't know something just to get a rise out of us. And so I was like, are you messing with me right now? And they weren't. Three of them are in high school. One of them is going to be going to college. They were skeptical about Helen Keller. And it wasn't so much that they thought that she was a made-up person. Everyone agreed that Helen Keller existed. Right. They all agreed that she probably had a disability or several disabilities, but they seemed to doubt what she accomplished. So what did Helen Keller accomplish, and who exactly was she? Her story is remarkable. Born in 1880 in a small town in Alabama, Keller was the daughter of a local newspaper editor who served in the Confederate Army during the American Civil War. She was a bright child, but when she was almost two, she became very ill with a high fever and was left both deaf and blind. Around the age of seven, she met a lady called Anne Sullivan, who became a lifelong companion and taught Helen how to communicate by spelling words on her hand. When I saw Helen Keller first, she was six years and eight months old. She had been blind and deaf. As a young adult, Keller enrolled at Radcliffe College in Boston, and became the first deaf-blind person to graduate from an American university. In 1903, she wrote an autobiography. It's one of 12 books she wrote during her life. She went on to have a career in politics as a disability activist. The 80-year-old woman who conquered blindness and deafness to become a world leader on behalf of the handicapped adds to her record of having visited every president since Grover Cleveland. And her life story was made into a film and has been used to teach children about the harms of intolerance ever since. President Johnson performs one of John F. Kennedy's most cherished tasks. In 1964, President Lyndon Johnson awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And four years later, in 1968, she died in her sleep, 
aged 87. Now, back to Daniel's family text. It wasn't from a point of maliciousness. Their interactions with either a deaf or a blind person are probably limited and certainly probably have never met a deaf blind person. And so they were just questioning how someone who was deaf blind could communicate with the real world. And then from that, sort of how would they write a book? I'm one of Daniel's nieces. I'm 18 years old and I live in Florida. Recently, my grandma shared a quote about Helen Keller in our family group chat, and all of us kids started saying she was a so-called fraud. One of Daniel's nieces agrees to record a voice note for me after I sent through some questions. I'm keen to get their perspective, but I won't name her so as to not put Daniel's family members in the spotlight. I first heard the story about Helen Keller through an educational TikTok. When hearing about it for the first time, I was kind of shocked that other people were thinking she was a fraud, so I decided to look it up and I found a bunch of articles and stories about the idea that what she did could be fraudulent, and they all actually made a lot of sense. I was aghast, and I was like, I can't believe this is real. But what was weird to me was that they had sort of a unified... They were all unified on this. My sister actually did a poll on Instagram where most everyone said that they think that what Helen Keller did was fraudulent. They live in separate parts of the country. They're in different grades. And I was like, well, why is this a unifying factor? I don't question her existence rather than what she did during the time period in which she did it. And so I went on to the internet and at first I was like, let's find something that proves Helen Keller exists, which is a weird thing to Google. After doing that, I searched for Helen Keller as a fraud and an article came up and it was this article that was written earlier in the summer. And it was basically saying how a generation of kids, teenagers, Generation Z or whatever they call it, doesn't believe in Helen Keller. And I was like, this is crazy. Crazy indeed. The article Daniel finds is on Medium, a website where journalists and authors often self-publish when larger or well-known publishers won't take their stories. The headline reads, The generation that doesn't believe Helen Keller existed and what that says about the world we're growing up in. It's posted on May the 13th last year and alerts people to a phenomenon on the social media platform TikTok, which is used mainly by 16 to 24-year-olds. But while the article points out an alarming conspiracy theory questioning the legitimacy of a historical figure, it's not until Daniel posts his discovery on Twitter that this story goes mainstream. And then suddenly I tweeted it out and it went crazy and then I was like, oh God... Uh, And I was sort of like, sorry, I've brought our sort of private family text chain to the world. And now we're getting bombarded from all sides. People were replying about the TikTok phenomenon. And I had sort of like, I know that my nieces and nephews are on TikTok. I use it for a lot of things, basically just funny videos, tips, and sometimes for educational purposes. Why I sort of tweeted it out was just sort of this idea that some kernel, this inaccuracy. After this whole thing blew up, I talked to a lot of different friends and they all thought the same thing as I did. And it just, like a like a virus, this idea both innocuously and not innocuously spread through this medium. All right, so we gotta talk about this whole Helen Keller thing because I've, I've had enough. I've heard it my whole life. She's deaf, she's blind, she's amazing. No, guess what? She lied. You're listening to a video. It's posted three days before Christmas on December the 22nd last year. It's a TikTok user or TikToker called 
Crunk19. He looks like your stereotypical young American. He's sitting in a car, woolly hat on, puffer jacket, wearing sunglasses, and talks to the camera. She's a liar. Her and that monster, Ann Sullivan, pulled the wool over our eyes, and nobody's thought to question it. It has 2.2 million views. But a quick check on Crunk19's bio states it's purely satire. So was this a joke gone awry? It crossed over into their circle of communication and their circle of learning and whatever it was, and it just sort of became an accepted fact, which just boggled my mind. We say to ourselves, how can the people who stormed the Capitol believe that the election was fraudulent? Well, a bunch of people don't believe Helen Keller was real, and you just sort of see it's not even the actual specific ideas that's the alarming part to me. It's more the mechanism and the quickness and the and the way that it can spread. And what what has your mum said to them about it? What what's what's grandma's reaction been? Well, it's funny because the text chain became very heated. And so then when that always happens, my mom was always like, What is going on? And she was just I think she was shocked, but also she likes it when everyone's talking. So in some ways it was, you know, it was a good conversation to have. You know, there was a lot of discussion sort of about how do we keep questioning things, but then also using sort of a common sense approach to finding the right answers. So, Daniel stumbles inadvertently into a world where there's a conspiracy theory questioning the legitimacy of Helen Keller's story. It's an odd conspiracy because I'm not really sure I understand what's behind it and why you'd bother to create it. So, my name is Saren Morris. I'm a freelance journalist working for Newsweek. I began working for Newsweek after completing an MA in the summer of 2019. One person who sees Daniel's Twitter thread is Saren Morris, sitting at a dining table, working from home in her one-bed flat in Cardiff. My editor spotted Daniel Kunker's Twitter thread about his nieces and nephews. Like me, Saren's boss puts her onto this story. Unlike me, Saren already knows her way around TikTok. I thought maybe there'd be one or two videos about Helen Keller on TikTok, but when I looked, there were hundreds hundreds of videos questioning her existence and calling her a fraud. What were these videos saying? What, what did you sort of discover, so to speak? Most people who buy into this conspiracy theory are mostly calling her a fraud. Some people think that she was pretending to be deaf and blind or that she was exaggerating her disabilities in some way. And then some people think that she was deaf and blind, but that none of her achievements, including reading and writing, were real. And how much... Has this been shared? How many people, roughly, do you think have seen this? The Helen Keller hashtag on TikTok has 70 million views. 70 million? 70 million, and most of those are about the conspiracy theory or mocking her. And then there's also a hashtag called Helen Keller is fake, and that has 4 million. But Saren, just like Daniel before her, notices this conspiracy goes back to at least May of 2020. There are quite a few videos from then, including one that has been deleted. A young woman do a presentation claiming all the reasons 
why Helen Keller can't possibly be real. Did you see this video? Yeah, I saw it when I first started looking into this and it had around 600,000 views. And then within an hour of me seeing it, it had been removed. And that was around the same time that Daniel Kunker's Twitter thread started gaining attention. So I'm not sure if maybe she was facing backlash and deleted it or if TikTok removed it. I'm not sure, but it was deleted sometime last week. This month, articles pop up online as more media outlets pick up this story. But if it hadn't have been for Daniel's mum posing a question to her grandchildren, would this conspiracy theory have just gone unnoticed? When it sort of went and became viral on Twitter and it was clear that other people were not aware of this, it shows how viral something could become to a certain group of people, but not others. So is there something about TikTok as a social media platform that allows for an online silo of a whole generation? Or is something else going on? I think that is not really like a Gen Z problem because I think older generations also fall for misleading information online. I think young people are more interested in this Helen Keller conspiracy theory because they may not have heard of her before. The reason why I maybe think this particular idea works is because I think... Helen Keller's accomplishments were amazing and very, like in quote unquote, unbelievable, right? It's, this is someone with two disabilities that I think is hard for people who have never met or interacted with someone with like disabilities to really understand. It's also something that you're not going to go out and seek the truth about because Helen Keller has been gone for a long time and it's not something current. But shouldn't history matter? Aren't the main parts of Helen Keller's story just basic historical facts, not something up for debate amongst bored teenagers on a social media platform, normally reserved for sharing videos of people dancing or dogs doing stuff? And also, as Daniel touched on, when you peel it back, it's actually quite offensive and harmful. This undercurrent of ableism bubbling away. We'll look at all this in a moment. But before that, to enjoy more remarkable stories every day, subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times today and get one month free. Search for thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My name is Pat Palmer. I was born in Glasgow and I've now retired to Ayr, which is a beautiful place by the coast. Is that where you're talking to me from now? I'm talking to you from Ayr at the moment, yes. And there's a lovely snowy scene outside. Sunshine and snow. It's beautiful. As you're hearing, Pat Palmer grew up and still lives in Scotland. She's a retired primary school teacher. Her great-grandfather was a doctor. He was called Dr James Kerr Love. He was a very eminent doctor to do with the deaf in Glasgow. That's what it was called then. Pat's mother was... The third child of four born in Glasgow. ...into a family of doctors... Her dad, too, was part of the profession. In 1933, Pat's great-grandfather, Dr James Kerr-Love, met Helen Keller when she visited Scotland. I imagine that he was fascinated by her achievements. They must have corresponded. Because he said in this letter that I saw, I'm going to meet you off the boat and I'll take your luggage in my car. And he'd found a house for her to live in. And I didn't know any of this. You know, this is only... I found this out today when I was on the... The magic of the internet, you see. I found that, those things out. There was a letter in his handwriting saying that he was collecting her from the ship. She visited him in his house in West Kilbride, which is up the coast from here. And when Helen Keller arrived at the house, a large stately one called Sunnyside, waiting there was a little girl, Dr James Kerr Love's granddaughter. Or for this story, Pat's mother. And my mother was a six-year-old child at this point, staying with her grandparents. She remembered this lady coming, and she was a little bit frightened of her, I think, because she didn't really understand. She wouldn't have understood what the disabilities were. But Helen Keller conversed with people by putting her fingers onto their lips. That's how she understood language. And she was obviously a highly intelligent woman. She was a great champion of the deaf. She felt that deafness was a much greater affliction than blindness. Not many people could compare the two, but that's what she felt, that not being able to hear shut her out more than not being able to see. After meeting Pat's mother at the family home in West Kilbride, Helen Keller returned to the United States but the family story didn't end there. After the Christmas of 1933, in the new year, Pat's mum received a letter and a small blue necklace sent by none other than Helen Keller. Got the letter here, and so what she said in the letter is, here is my gift for your seventh birthday. I did not have the beads with me in Glasgow, but rather than buy something for you not quite so pretty, I thought I would wait and send them to you. The necklace was presented to me by a group of my classmates at Radcliffe College. I'm sure the blue will be becoming to you and it will make me happy if you like the beads and wear them. 
Someday, when you graduate from college, they will remind you that long, long, long ago, a young girl graduated from a college far overseas and that, like you, on that occasion, she was very proud and happy. With love to your mother and father from the three ladies and two dogs they were so kind to last Christmas, I am affectionately your friend, Helen Keller. And it's 15th of January 1934 that that was sent that's amazing (laughs) mum was very very proud of that um quite rightly that letter must have been inside the there's a box i don't know whether this is the original box but it's a christmas box can you see see. yeah yeah it's got sort of reindeer and spits on it and it and and it's got very old cotton wool or something inside it Ah, so yeah they're the that's the blue beads necklace so that came That's with the letter it. then? Yes, it came with the letter, yeah. It's an amazing story and it's, an, it's a wonderful connection. One of the reasons we're doing this story and why it came up is recently, have you heard of this social media platform, TikTok? Yes, I have. It's just amazing that, that there can be these kind of theories of that take hold and, and run wild, don't they? And people believe it. Mm. There is a weird thing where some people would almost question your mother's story. I mean, how does that make you feel? Well, I, I'm horrified and it, it, I find it actually quite upsetting that, that something that's... And this is not harmful to anybody else in terms of some conspiracy theories and things are damaging. This is not damaging, but it's still hurtful, isn't it, to, 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 to kind of deny someone's existence because that's what they're doing. Why would somebody have made up such a ridiculous story? This is not anything new. Even in Helen's lifetime, people questioned her accomplishments. That's Elizabeth MacLeod, an author who has written about the life of Helen Keller. They thought that probably Annie Sullivan was trying to line her own pocket or else make herself seem better than she was. There were people who said, oh, she's lying about what Helen accomplished or she's exaggerating what Helen accomplished. She's talking to me from Canada in her home office, snow outside in a detached house in a residential part of Toronto. It's nothing new to be doing that. But I think, of course, the other thing about social media is things are able to spread more quickly to more people. I'm not obviously debating the Helen Keller story, but just to so people that don't know about it, she was 19 months when she lost her sight and her ability to hear. How did she learn to write and communicate with people? If you think about it, Helen lived in a silent, dark world. She said she felt like a ghost or a, a prisoner. And Annie knew, the, um, knew the, the manual alphabet that deaf people use to communicate, but it's two-handed. Imagine, you're this little kid, Helen was about seven, and somebody is just pressing their fingers into your hand. How would you know what that was? Annie kept doing it, and then one day what Annie did was she took Helen out to the water pump. Don't forget, this is, you know, over 100 years ago. So it took Helen out to the water pump and started pumping the water, letting it run over Helen's hands, and meanwhile spelling the word water 
into her hand and suddenly Helen got it. By the end of the day, she had already learned 30 words. One of the things, you know, that people are saying now is how could she write books? Like that's not possible. In those days, Helen used a braille writer. And in fact, there's a photograph of one in my book. They, th those things really existed. I just wonder if, um, you know, achievements by these incredible people make it difficult for able-bodied people to accept that. And this is a reaction to that. It helps them process what some people are, are able to accomplish. The point Elizabeth raises doesn't go unnoticed when this whole thing blows up. What's very interesting to me is the different responses that I got. That's Daniel, our screenwriter in LA again. Right away, people were sort of calling out the ableism aspect of it. You question what disabled people can do because you don't know and haven't interacted and haven't had the experience to meet people and talk to them about these types of things. And I had people reach out. Here's a couple of people responding to Daniel's Twitter thread. They've been voiced up. I'm a blind painter. I've had people watch me do art in person and accuse me of not having done the art they just saw me do. Modern disabled people are doubted, devalued and ignored. To such an extent, I am not surprised by this at all. It isn't from nothing. As a deaf woman, I can understand how hard it is to try to imagine losing a sense. However, because I've lost one already, I know what it is to learn to manage the world. I have no doubt that had I lost another, I would have learned to manage the world that way too. It really opened my eyes and then also opened my nieces and nephews' eyes to that aspect of it and what that sort of meant, and which I think is, is maybe is most important from this. While Seren, the freelance journalist in Cardiff, discovers a particularly unpleasant strand of this ableism on TikTok. There are still so many videos on TikTok that have been on there for months that are quite offensive. They've got millions of views. There's a blind influencer who I have followed and seen her videos before. She makes YouTube videos too. How does a blind girl pour a mug of hot water? And she made a TikTok a while ago explaining how she pours tea and hot drinks, how she uses the kettle safely. I've got my mug on my grippable tray. Just in case I spill any, it's all the water is going to stay in this tray. And I saw a video pretending to explain how she does that. And my liquid level indicator is going to tell me. And there we go. And I thought it was real because I'd seen a similar video to it. So I, I kept watching. And then she just poured the hot water all over the floor. I watched the TikTok Seren is describing. It mocks the blind influencer, who is also a radio presenter. The way it works is they take the sound of the genuine TikTok and dub it over their quote-unquote jokey version. I then stumble across another video. It's the exact same prank. I take a cursory look at the comments below. One TikTok account says, It's alright, not like she's going to see this. While another one quips, I would tag her in it, but she wouldn't be able to see it, with three laughing emojis. Further down, someone responds. When did we decide it's funny to make jokes about ableism? So I'm Keith, and I live in Baltimore, Maryland. I basically just regular 24-year-old college graduate, and then I started a TikTok account, and here I am now. I managed to track down Keith Runk, or Crunk19, the TikToker who posted one of the Helen Keller is a fraud videos. 
His, from December, gained lots of attention. And now Keith is also somewhat in the spotlight, with some unsolicited, but maybe not unwanted, media attention. I'm at home in my room. I work from home. I basically live in my bedroom. It is like my mini apartment until I find an actual apartment. And I, like Keith, find myself sitting in my bedroom. As we speak, his video has 2.2 million views. Let me just ask you something real quick. Does this look like the signature of somebody that was blind and deaf? It was basically me saying this is what they put out, uh, that she lied, all, all satire. I pointed out her signature, which is an incredible signature. So they decided she was going to be a profound author. 12 books. That's not even a realistic number for somebody that has all of their senses. The fact that she's written so many books. And then lastly, um, the flying a plane thing. And the flying a plane thing is something that obviously was taken out of context. Writing was not enough for them. They didn't get enough thrill off that. So she apparently flew planes in the sky. I've seen the video. She's not actually alone flying a plane. But again, that was something I watched and was like, you know, I laughed at this. Maybe somebody else might think it's funny. And there still are some people, you know, that saw it for what my vision was. But now that that's kind of gotten away, I had planned on going back today, actually, and just recording something. Be like, hey, just to let you guys know I'm not what you think I am. It was a joke. Your profile on TikTok says purely satire. And you've expressed to me, obviously, that you meant this video as satire. Right. Obvious question. Why did you post that video about Helen Keller? I can't remember exactly why the conversation came up, but somebody else had mentioned something to me about Helen Keller. Like I was like, you know, like I think she was lying or something like that. And then I was like, you know what? I should just make a TikTok about that. I was thinking about starting a TikTok account. And I'd already seen the videos um, that came before mine of people doing similar things. And I was like, I could put like my own spin on this, get in on a TikTok trend and maybe, you know, people would watch it. And evidently they did. Did you, did you worry that it would could be taken out of context? You know, obviously I thought about that, but at the same time, you know, I've seen it on the platform before. I've seen it from other, uh, not that I'm a comedian, I've seen it from other comedians before. So I thought people on TikTok, I know the kind of humor that's on there, might find it funny. But now there has that doubt started to creep in of like, people have started to make their own generalizations. And now that's becoming more of a concern with how people are taking it and taking me. Did you think that it could potentially be harmful to people with disabilities? Was that something that crossed your mind? Yes and no. I'm not here to discredit people with disabilities. I am close to people. I know people that have several disabilities. So that's not something I aim to do. And now I'm realizing that's kind of being the way it's taken. So that's something I want to speak out on. Your profile says purely satirical next to it, but right. it's not really served like that, is it, TikTok? It just comes, people's video feeds, people scroll through. I mean, uh, do you think your generation are, are aware that this stuff isn't factual, that this is just you kind of goofing around? And I must admit, like, I've watched a few of your videos and they are they are humorous. I enjoyed your one on milk. It did crack <laughs> me up. We talked about how weird it was that we used to have ads for milk, just milk. There was no specific brand. There was no specific purpose. It was just for the substance of milk. Just drink, drink the milk, please. And we hear all this talk about big pharma. Have we honestly looked into, as a society, looked into big milk at all? Do you worry about that, though, that some people, your generation aren't really sort of seeing this for what it is, which is a guy kind of goofing around? 
I think for the most part, still, people are able to see that with anything. There's going to be two sides to every coin. So, you know, you're never going to check all the boxes, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, some people will get it. Some people won't. We live in a time sort of full of fake news, which can have some quite harming consequences. Right. Do you see what you're doing actually bleeding into that? I mean, do you understand what I mean there? Yeah. And I think to go that far would be a stretch because it'd be one thing if I was, you know, making a serious video being like, you know, this was all a lie. Look at this. Like, but I think the fact that I have branded it the way that I did, making sure that disclaimer was there, that, you know, that a whole account of satire. And and how do you feel now that you've sort of, you didn't create the Helen Keller is a fraud conspiracy, but right. you now seem to almost be the, the poster boy for it unwillingly. Right. And un- unwillingly is definitely how I would call it. Like I said, I saw the videos going on. I was like, you know, I've made this joke before, so maybe I can make this joke on here and people will laugh. Now, um, between you guys reaching out and then the other day, the Daily Mail put something on Snapchat with my face on it. It's kind of weird to be so not violated, but, you know, so publicly seen. It's not something I was ever expecting. And speaking with a 24-year-old TikToker like Keith isn't something I was expecting either. Thank you for having me. It's not quite the Wizard of Oz moment on the Helen Keller is a fraud TikTok conspiracy theory. However, Keith does seem somewhat concerned about the reaction to his video. And later that evening, he posts this. All right, so I think it's time I clarify the Helen Keller video. If you haven't read my profile, it's purely satire. Everything I do here is purely satire. It's not my intentions to discredit the disabled community. His clarification comes around three weeks after his initial video. And I can't say whether he would have done it had it not been for the media attention. I'm well aware that Helen Keller did amazing things in her life, and that should be celebrated. Of course, it would be unfair of me to insinuate Keith's video was the whole problem. After all, it's posted a good seven months from when we think the conspiracy theory begins. And he's quite clear. As he sees it, he's just jumping on a trend. needed to put this out there. And also, if you're coming to me to try to, like, learn something about history, just read a book. Maybe in that final line as he signs off, Keith stumbles on a succinct and pertinent reminder about how we acquire knowledge. But then something odd happens. 24 hours after he posts his clarification, his original Helen Keller video is taken down. I email him. He tells me he got what he thinks is an automated message saying it was against TikTok's community guidelines on hate speech. But he adds TikTok gives him no further specifics on what such guidelines may actually constitute. Keith appeals this. A day later, his video is back up. When you're questioning things, where do you go to find the right answers? And I would venture to say a a TikTok video is probably not the right place to go. Back to Daniel and his niece in Florida. This whole experience has helped me learn a lot more about ableism and how people can do anything they put their mind to. And yeah, we hear about fake news all the time and it makes us all kind of skeptical. When we heard that Helen Keller was a fraud and some of the reasons behind it, it led us to question it. For her, 
It seems growing up in a digital world with so much so-called fake news around may actually have led her generation to be more inquisitive, but... These days it's really, really hard to figure out what to believe and what not to believe, especially in this case when talking about a person so well-known in history. When you erode the base knowledge of what everyone is sort of working from, and if all of that can start to be questioned, then it just becomes very hard to communicate with people. And it becomes very hard to raise a consensus and do what's best for everyone because it's like you're talking separate languages. It's everybody's job to go out and help correct these falsehoods. We've stumbled on a crazy one. So if anyone's there, you should ask your teenagers. And if they think the wrong thing, we need to, I guess we need to do a better job. We need to be better than TikTok. Uh, and set everybody on the right path. And 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 how's their grandma? Is she still uh, putting the daily question in, or is she? A, she is. is well, she a... it was uh, the last. The, the last daily question wasn't a daily question. It was just an inspirational quote with no, uh, with no interaction. But she's just sort of amazed. It's been picked up and and sort of gone all these different places. If anything, my grandma has now, or my mom has now decided that see something good can come of our text chains. So uh, <laughs> she is she is emboldened. And I'm sure I'm sure we will have um, many more discussions. So I look I look I look forward to them. I reached out to TikTok and put to them some of the issues raised in this podcast. They told me TikTok is an inclusive community and we do not tolerate hateful behavior content that dehumanizes others on the basis of a disability is a violation of our community guidelines and we remove such content from our platform. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Will Rowe, and my guests, screenwriter Daniel Kunker, journalist Saren Morris, former primary school teacher Pat Palmer, author Elizabeth McLeod and TikToker Keith Runk. Today's episode was produced by me, Will Rowe. The executive producer is Poppy Damon and sound design was by Carla Patella. If you have a story you think we should be covering, an idea for a future episode or thoughts on what you've just heard, you can send us an email by writing to storiesofourtimes@thetimes.co.uk. See you again soon. Subscribe today and get one month free at thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.